0: Just a couple of days to Christmas, is anyone excited? I had a really productive morning yesterday morning, did the last of my shopping, and finally I was excited. I'm like, I'm done, I think. You know, there's always just those last few moments, but is everything ready? Have you done all your shopping? Are all the lights up? Is the meals being prepared? Have you done the supermarket shopping yet? Have you found beds for everyone who's staying the night? I was just talking to my mum the other night, and we have a fairly large number staying at our house, and she's just calling me and going, how are we going to sleep everyone in this? And by the time we'd rearranged and everyone had shifted beds, I think we got about 18 of us slept on Christmas night. So that'll be fun. Christmas morning. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? You wake up, the excitement, the anticipation. I mean, how early do you get up? Do you, you know, if you've got young kids, maybe six, five, four. (laughs) A couple of years ago, I was at home and there was this chaos of Christmas going on and everyone was getting ready. The trees had been wrapped and most people had gone to bed. But my little brother, he was on milking the next morning. We run a dairy farm and he was on milking. And I'd said, because I love him, that I would get up and I would help with the milking. And then he said, okay, set your alarm for quarter to three. And I went, are you sure? And he said, yes. So at quarter to three the next morning, I got up with him to go and do the milking. And we're out in the paddocks, so driving around bringing all the cows in, bringing them up the raceways, getting them into the shed. And then we started putting the cups on the cows. And, we, you know, you, you talk to the cows and we good friends and... It's true, you have your favorites and the ones that are nice in the morning, the ones that are morning cows and the ones that aren't morning cows. But as I was out there, I was like, how strange would it be to be in the middle of the night bringing in the cows, bringing in the sheep, and all of a sudden an angel appears. Well, that wasn't what I would have been expecting because I was just out hanging out with my brother, bringing in the cows in for their morning milking. But how incredible would it have been to be just walking around, getting the cows ready, saying good morning to the ones you like, when all of a sudden an angel appears. Sounds terrifying, if you're anything like me. But that's what it was. That very first Christmas. The excitement, well, no, it wasn't really there, because it was just a normal day. It was just a normal every bus- everyday business day. The shepherds were out doing their thing. The census was in town, so maybe there was a few people running around trying to find the right forms and trying to figure out who was going to do what. But for the most part, it was just a very normal day. And when I think back, there were just two people who really in those days leading up to Christmas were just maybe a little bit excited because they were expecting a baby. Their first child, and it was going to come any day. I think they were probably some of the only ones who were, oh, something's happening this week, we're ready to go. Or maybe she was like, that better happen in the next couple of days. But they were excited because of something that had happened months earlier, something they had had to say yes to. And when I think back this year, Life Church, there was something right back at the beginning of the year that we gave our yes to, to be obedient to God. And we gave out these little cards that had yes written on them. And many of us came forward and we put them here along the front and gave our yes to God. And way back then, this young couple had given their yes. If you're anything like me, No, let me ask you this question first. Does anyone regret their yes? Because if you're anything like me, your yes has been tried and it's been tested and it's been put through some fire this year. You've had to maybe give up some things or been hurt by some things and continue to say yes to God, whatever it means. Remember, we laid them here and said, God, whatever you call me to do, I'll do it. Maybe that yes has brought some great excitement Some encouragement, something incredible has happened as well. But there's also been those moments of, oh, I did say yes, didn't I? Mm, I did do it in front of other people, didn't I? They They will know. But Mary and Joseph had given their yes to God. We're going to read in Luke 1, 26 onwards. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this happen? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, "The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One went to be, the Holy One to be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive in her, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant," Mary answered. "May your word be fulfilled. May, word to me be fulfilled." And then the angel left her. Have you ever stopped to think about Mary? And I think we do at this time of year. We stop and consider the Christmas story and what Jesus did for us and who he was and the great hope that he get brought when he was born at Christmas. But what about Mary? An incredible young woman from a place of insignificance from a small town, a poor town, engaged to a man that her parents probably organized. No big flashy rings or big engagement parties or things to organize because it would have just been the normal wedding ceremony to come up and that would have just been happening in the background. Mary's from a people that are described as like the poor and the lowly ones, the humble ones. They didn't have much without God each day. So we're not talking about a people, a whole people group or a race, but just a people with a heart, which is highly valued by God, of servantship and humility. And here we have this young Mary, somewhere in that year engaged to Joseph, when all of a sudden uh, an angel appears to her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. First of all, an angel appeared to her. What? How many of you does an angel appear to you just on your normal every day? How about just this year at all? How about in the last couple of years? If I asked how many people have ever been visited by an angel, the room would probably not have too many hands. Incredible that young Mary had had an angel appear to her and it tells us that she was greatly troubled about this greeting. Would you not be as well? But here's this angel who turns up and strikes up a conversation with Mary. Kia ora, Mary, how are you? You who are highly favoured. I'm just here talking to you. How's your day been? It's a bit strained. In the normal, in the everyday, she was interrupted. She was paused in her moment. Her tension was completely grasped by the sudden announcement. He would have had her full attention, but interrupted and stopped in her normal everyday. Did you get that? In the, did you notice that in the normal and in the regular, there is this miraculous experience? An angel interrupts the plans of people and plants the seed that gives the hope of Christmas. And that moment is where we first find out that Jesus is coming now. This is the moment when the angel comes to a young girl and says, You, I found you. The Lord looks at you and sees you as highly favored. And this is the moment. You are the one who will carry the hope that will later be known as Christmas. You will carry the hope of the world. You will carry the son of God. He will be known as the most high one. And you will carry him. The angel interrupts the plans that Mary might have had that day. He interrupts the plans of people and plants the seed that is the hope of Christmas. So I think Mary had every reason to be slightly troubled. But the next few words would worry me more. The Lord is with you. Now, when you first hear that, you're like, well, that's just a really good thing to hear. The Lord is with me. What a great encouragement. When things aren't going well, I like to know that the Lord is with me. I'm driving home. You know, I'm going home probably later this afternoon. I'll be on the road. There'll be lots of people there, lots of crazy traffic. I'm quite happy to know that the Lord is with me. When you go to the mall in the next couple of days, it would be good to know that the Lord is with you. When things aren't easy, it is good to know that the Lord is with you. But when it comes first, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Uh, yep, but why? So did you notice I said, when I'm driving home, it's nice to know the Lord's with me. When you go to the mall, it's nice to know the Lord's with you. But if I just said, hey, the Lord is with you, you'd be like, what's coming next? Why do I need to know that? Why do I need to be reminded? And if we look through the Bible, we see it happen to many people. We see it happen to Joshua, the Lord is with you. We see it happen to Gideon, the Lord is with you. And for many others as well. And Mary would have heard these stories, would have known the scriptures. And so she braces herself, the Lord is with me. Yep. Now what? But when she's interrupted, she doesn't respond with frustration, doesn't respond with an annoyance of what are you doing here? See, Christmas is God's great interruption. It's his moment. He's chosen this time to interrupt her life. And when the normalcy and the chaos of life collides with this moment of interruption with the hope of Christmas. There's this, there's this moment of reflection and a choice to say yes. She has this moment where she can choose. How is she going to respond in this moment? God himself was going to come down and be planted in Mary for her to carry for the next nine months before she gave birth. This was interrupting her very normal life. The plans that she had for her future, the plans that Joseph had for their future. This was God's great interruption. But see, Mary was not the only one who responded with a yes. If you think of the Magi, the wise ones from the East, here they are doing their sciency things, figuring out what's going on in the stars, figuring out what's going on in the world, having wise thoughts and ideas. But they see this star, this moment of interruption with, hey, that's not normally there. What are we going to do? And after realizing that this is the indication of the new king that is coming, that has been promised, they pack up their things They buy and find expensive gifts and set out on a long journey to find this new king. They simply follow an interruption in the sky, that star. See, when the chaos of their normal life collides with the hope of Christmas, there's this moment where they choose to reflect and a choice to say yes. They could have just, cool, there's a new star. Good story. But there's this moment where it's interrupted their normal when they've gone, there's something that I have to respond to here. There's something that I have to go and find out what it is. Think of the shepherds out doing their thing, tending to their sheep, getting that last animal in the pen, watching for dangers, chatting about their day, trying to get a little bit of sleep. When in the middle of this normal evening, an angel appears to them, bringing news ...of the new king. Don't be afraid. A little bit. But when the normal life... ...collides with an interruption from God... ...they have this choice... ...of whether they respond and how they do it. And they pack up their things... ...and they quickly race to see... ...the new king. Think of the motel manager. The census is on. Thousands of people are in town... Every room is full. Where are the forms? Where's the pens? Who's filling out the kids' forms? Who's doing this? When are we going to do that in the morning? When can we avoid the rush? There's more people coming. When are we going to get this done? And then another knock on the door, and there's more people arrived. The house where they were staying was going to be full. And in the middle of his normal, in the middle of the chaos of this moment, of this manager as he's trying to find room for everyone, he has this choice. Does he just turn them away or does he find somewhere that they can stay? And he takes a moment and he thinks and he, he realizes that this is, there is a space kind of out the back. It's not great, but they'll cope. Think of Joseph in the middle of his engagement to Mary. And she comes and she tells him this miraculous message. I'm going to have the son of God. Um, how would you respond? In fact, it says in Matthew 1 that he did not want to expose Mary to the public dismay and he had in mind to divorce her. Imagine that as he's trying to wrestle. He's like, how do I save her the embarrassment? How do I figure this out? What do I do? And in the middle of the, the struggle and this decision, an angel appears to him as well. And then there's this moment of reflection and this choice to say yes. This choice to follow him. What if this interruption that keeps happening that we see throughout this Christmas story, what if it is actually God? We can look back now and have some hindsight and go, well, they're good on them for saying yes, they should have definitely done that. But in that moment, of recognizing, hey, this is God speaking here. This is God bringing the hope of the world to people. But what about for us? When God interrupts us, when God interrupts our lives, often we see interruptions as frustrations. Oh, why has that thing happened again? Why did that happen like that? That's not how I planned it. And it can be a little bit like that around Christmas time, can't it? Oh, there's another four mouths to feed at the table. Another two people staying the night. Welcome. Where will we sleep them? But what if those interruptions were God interruptions? What if those moments where we were not, where things weren't happening the way we want them to happen, what if they were God trying to get our attention? What if they were like that star that so many people didn't recognize, but the right people saw it and knew to respond? What if we see things that happen and it's actually God calling us, hey, you go, you respond, you go and see what I'm doing here? And how do we say yes to that message and the hope of Christmas? Well, Mary tells us in verse 38, she responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. In the NLT it says, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. That's a big yes. And you know it's going to be a big assignment when an angel visits you what an incredible response. There doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of hesitation, a whole lot of, let me just check with my fiance and make sure that he's going to be okay with this before I agree to it. Yeah, right. Let me just check with mum and dad who are going to be paying for this wedding later, make sure that they're just okay that I'm carrying the son of God. They'll be fine with it, I'm sure. That won't matter. But she just straight away turns around and says, I am your servant. I am the Lord's servant. I will do whatever you ask me to do, without ever knowing the full cost of what it means. Without ever knowing what it was going to mean to raise the son of God, it could have cost her her engagement to Joseph. Could have quite easily turned around and said, "Sorry, you're having a baby. It's not not possible." I mean, who would have believed her story about, oh, well, just an angel came to visit me and told me it was God's? People would have thought she was crazy. It could have cost her her reputation, could have cost her her marriage, could have cost her her life. But no objections, no arguments. I am willing to do what you want, Lord. Are we prepared to say that same thing? And it's not just Mary who had this response, but the Magi, they got up and went. The shepherds race to see the new king. The motel manager finds any possible space in the back. Joseph, knowing the shame, the humiliation that would possibly come, having had time to consider it, takes Mary as his wife and says yes to raising the Son of God. just in their normal, everyday life, God interrupts what they were doing and says, hey, I've called you to do this. I've seen your heart. I've seen your humble attitude. I've seen the way you conduct yourself in the small things. I've seen the way you've been obedient to your families. I see the way that you have walked together See, when Mary says, I am your servant, she's not just saying, I am your servant because I know that that's the good response to say, but it's because she was a servant. She had chosen to be humble of heart. And when God, when God was looking for a servant heart, he looked at Mary and said, her, that's who I want. I can see her heart. She has proven herself in the small things. And I think that's for us as a church as well. Church, if we look back over 2018 and what a year it has been, if we stop and take a moment to consider all that God has done, not just in us as a church, but us personally, I think we can say, you have been servants this year. You have been generous this year. You have loved, you've prayed, you've served, you've given, you've been obedient From the small things, from some of you serving our kids at breakfast club to another hundred of us gathering the other week and packing packing 2,000 Christmas boxes for the people of Christchurch. From programming the lights and the sound and all the technical things that happen around here to create an incredible experience on the stage for people to come in and meet with the person of Jesus. From the small things to the big things, I think we can say, We are your servants. But are we prepared to say, we'll do whatever you want us to do? What a challenge Mary is for us as we stop and consider what she's said yes to. I don't know about you, but it's easier for me to say, God, I'll do the big stuff. Because it it just sounds better. It just looks better but I don't really want to do that. I'll do the big things. Give me a platform where I can talk and have influence on people. Give me a better manager's position in my workplace so that I can love people better there. Allow me a space to to work that I can really be working in our city so that people can see that we're doing a great job there? Send me to where you want me to go. But when it comes to the small things around home, when God prompts us to do those, are we willing to do them? When there are needs and things within our church, are we prepared to say yes to that? And that might be all he ever asks of us. But to say, I am your servant and I will do whatever you ask me to do. And then there's Mary. She's humble and so obedient, so trusting and full of faith. Mary had allowed God to interrupt her life and chosen fully to obey him no matter what the consequences. Near the end of this passage it says in verse 46 Mary says my soul glorifies the Lord. Would there be any problems for Mary? Would she have any difficulties along the way? Yep. But she chooses to still magnify and glorify the Lord. I won't promote all the problems that might come but I'll say yes and I'll choose to glorify God. And then we wind several months forward to that night before Christmas, those days leading up to Christmas and it's business as normal. People are going about their everyday life doing the usual and expected. And then there's this engaged couple whose hearts were filled with expectation and excitement for what was to come, for their first son to be born that God would come and wrap himself up in human form, come down and be amongst us. Mary had allowed God to interrupt her normal and everyday life. So my question really is, in the middle of the normal chaos that can be Christmas. As you go about your day, as you prepare and get ready for those that are coming, would you create space somewhere for God to speak to you? Would you create a space? Would you make some time and ask God, God, what would you have me do this Christmas? Don't sit around and wait for an angel to appear to you and say, you will carry the son of God. But create space and talk to God and say, God, where would you have me go this year, who would you have me love this year? What can I do to serve you this year, over this Christmas season? How can I bless others? I just want to put up a picture from that night that I went out and helped my brother bring in the bring in the sheep. Uh, bring in the cows. We weren't milking sheep; milking cows bringing the cows. And as I stood back from the shed, all lit up, about to let the cows in, I had this moment, how incredible is it that God would send his son to a place that is not as clean as that, that he would be born, that he would live a life we could never leave, live, and that we could choose to follow him See, away in a manger or a modern dairy shed. Christmas Day is the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. The day God was born as a man to live a life just like us. With struggles, sadness and joy. But He lived it perfectly, completely. A life we couldn't live. All so that you could be offered the invitation of a relationship with Him. See, I'm proud to call Him my God and my Saviour, but proud to call him my friend. And Christmas Day, I celebrate his birth. God bless you and your whanau, your family, your friends this Christmas, as you create space to hear from God, to remember him, to consider him and all that he has done for us. God bless.